0: Hey y'all, welcome to Power to Lead Her. I'm your host, Ankita Sundar. In this podcast, powerful women leaders share their leadership journey and advice to aspiring young women leaders. Today, I have another special guest. Sonal Shukla is the Regional Operations Director at IVX Health. We are extremely excited to talk to her today about her career journey in the healthcare industry and her incredible work. She started her career journey in the financial industry in Texas and then moved on to healthcare in 2010. Between 2010 and 2016, she successfully started two home health agencies and built them both from a patient census of a couple of patients to over 90 patients in a very short time. On moving on to California, she joined DaVita. A Fortune 500 company as a facility administrator for the dialysis clinic in Los Gatos. Under her leadership, the clinic went on to being one of the top performing clinics in the region. In a year, she was overseeing the operations of three out of the six inpatient clinics Davida had had in the South Bay. In January of 2019, she joined a healthcare startup, IVX Health. She joined as the Operator's Director for Bay Area, and they have seen tremendous growth over 300% in the last two years. Hi, Ms. Sonal. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Um, Let's first start off with, um, can you please give us a brief introduction about yourself?
1: Um, So I started my career in healthcare over a decade ago. Um, I started to healthcare companies ground up in Houston, Texas between 2010 and 2016. In 2016, I moved from Texas to California uh, for some personal reasons. And when I moved to California is when I joined the Vita Dialysis, it's a Fortune 500 company. It's actually the num- the biggest dialysis company in the world. Um, I started as a facility administrator for one of their clinics in California, and um, soon I was in charge of three out of the six inpatient clinics the Vida has in San Jose, California. Um, I was also their regional program manager for all new recruiting, hiring, training. Um, I was really enjoying my role at the Vida when another healthcare startup contacted me via LinkedIn. They're known as IVX Health, and um, they were looking for a regional operations director. So I was thinking of moving from a Fortune 500 company to a startup. It was not an easy decision, so I really thought long and I thought hard, but I'm glad I made the move I made. In January of 2019, I joined IVX Health as their regional operations director, and um, IVX was at nine locations across the country when I joined them. We are now at 30-plus locations across the country. Um, Despite being in healthcare for as long as I've been, I did not know much about infusions, and that's what IVX does. They have outpatient infusion clinics. And the more I learned about the business, the role, uh, it did not make sense to me why this was not being done sooner. It's a rapidly growing company, and just within the Bay Area, we've seen more than a 400% growth in the last year and a half, two years.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Um, we would love to hear more about the home health agencies that you have founded. Um, can you please describe them?
1: So, before I came into healthcare, I was in the financial industry for seven years, and one of my clients from my financial industry wanted to do something in healthcare and he kept pursuing it for two years. Um, He wanted me to partner up with him and initially I was really enjoying my role in the financial industry and I was not thinking of doing anything else but then you know he was persistent and eventually I gave in and I partnered up with him and I'm glad I did because now that I've been in healthcare for 10 years I don't see myself doing anything else. So going back to 2010 is when we started looking at home health agency licenses. Um, We bought a license with just a couple of patients on board, and within a short period of a year and a half, we grew from a census of zero to a census of 80-plus patients, which is a really good growth for a small home health agency. So literally founded the company Ground Up with just the license, built a team, I um, had to go through the licensing with the state, which anyone who's been in home health can tell you is not a fun process, but definitely a lot of learning. I mean, I'm really glad I did what I did back then because it did set the foundation for what I do today. Um, and then three years later, we bought a second license and we did the same thing again, where we grew a company ground up. Uh, from a census of 0 to a census of 90 plus patients uh, even when i moved to california in 2016 for a year and a half i did do remote consulting for the firm so i did help manage the company even from here but then finally in 2018 when i knew that california is the new home is when i finally um, sold that business it was a really nice experience though building a company ground up. My director of nursing used to call it my baby. So it was like my baby's born, now my baby's crawling. We need to teach the baby to walk. And by the time I moved, my baby was up and running. And it was a really nice feeling to see that.
0: Yeah, um, thank you for sharing. Um, home healthcare seems to be like super important to like several people across the world. So it's great to hear the experience you had there. Um, According to those agencies and what the work you've done there, what were some of the challenges you faced and how did you overcome them?
1: One of the biggest challenges with healthcare, be it um, home health or any other stream in healthcare is that healthcare is a rapidly changing industry. The rules and regulations change pretty frequently. You have to stay on top of that. You, By the time you understand what the previous change was and are now... You know, you think you've wrapped your head around that, it changes again. So just staying on top of those changes and adapting as those changes happen was a challenge, but at the same time, a great learning experience. Um, So like I told you, Ankita, I also recently enrolled in um, an MBA program. I'm doing my executive MBA with healthcare management as the emphasis. And one of the very first papers I wrote for my MBA was Cost of healthcare in the U.S. compared to anywhere else in the world, but specifically, there's this group of 34 countries that are called the OECD countries, these are the quote-unquote affluent countries or the well-to-do countries, even within that OECD group of countries, U.S. really, the cost of healthcare in U.S. is a lot more than it is in anywhere else in the world. And if we had really good outcomes to show for the amount of money we spent on healthcare, it would make sense. The thing is, our outcomes are not as good as some of the other European countries or most of the countries in that group. Just the cost of administration, administrative costs in healthcare in the US is three times more than it is in any other country. So coming back to something that you just said about home health agencies, I strongly believe that being able to take care of patients safely in their homes is going to be the biggest answer to one of the biggest problems we keep hearing about all day long here in the US is, you know, is social security going to last forever? The cost of healthcare is so expensive. Are we going to be able to keep doing what we've been doing? And being able to keep these patients safely out of the hospital is going to be the biggest answer to that question. And I think any therapy, be it home health, be it home health agencies providing other cares or be it even home dialysis when it comes to dialysis patients. I strongly believe in any kind of home modality that can be performed to safely keep patients out of a hospital setting.
0: Definitely. Yeah, that's really great insight on how you um, ensure and look for the best quality and service to all patients in need. Um, speaking about your MBA experience, can you share with us your interest in the healthcare administration?
1: I am a firm believer of continued personal growth and development. Even back when I was in the financial industry, um, I did not need any more licenses or degrees, but I had enrolled in the CFP program back then. Uh, I was focusing on a lot of clients who needed estate planning. And, you know, I'm going in to talk about their financial needs. I don't want to go in and talk about just one aspect of the financial needs when there are so many other aspects involved. I at least want to be aware of those aspects. So even back then, I had enrolled in CFP. Um, so on the same lines, you know, when I did come in healthcare, I um, MBA was something that I really did always want to do. And initially, when I started sharing my thoughts with my friends or my colleagues, people were like, why would you want to do an MBA now? You know, people normally want to do an MBA when, you know, someone wants to become an entrepreneur, wants to go into an executive role or start a company. You've already done those things. You don't need an MBA. And I was like, yeah, I don't need an MBA, but I want to do it. And I'm so glad I did. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed some of the courses that we took. Yes, there were some which I struggled through because I will never use them in my line of work. So like the courses in accounting and statistics, I'm like, man, why am I even doing these? But um, the courses in management, the courses in operations, um, like I, I keep quoting this course that we took in management. One of the books that we were supposed to read and write a review on was a book written by a basketball coach. And I was like, okay, why am I reading a book written by a basketball coach for a business management course and boy was I wrong the book was amazing it you know things like what is who's the star of a team like in a basketball team you can have the best shooter but if you don't have someone who can back the shooter up if you don't have a good defense in the team you know shooter is not going to be able to score points for the team so that Team spirit, or there was another part in the course that talked about change management. And I had just joined IVX Health when I took when I was taking that course. And it was like literally every day reading and learning about what I need to do at work the next day. The timing could not have been better. So I joined IVX. There was no one in the operations leadership role for over a couple of years. And so when I came on board, I did get some resistance from the team, the existing team. And that happens, that always happens whenever there's change in leadership. And the funny thing was, I was reading about change management, learning about it. And so being able to implement it as I was taking the course was like a very fun experience, a very nice experience. I strongly recommend, you know, continuous growth and personal growth. So be it reading books, personal health books, being, taking a course like this, Next, I might still take another leadership course once I'm done with my MBA. So again, it's something that I really enjoyed and I can say that this is by far the most important piece of education of my life.
0: Wow, yeah, those are really inspirational life lessons. <clears throat> um, this is actually really helpful since the healthcare industry is constantly growing rapidly and creating new technologies over time. Um, On the same topic of your career journey, can you give us an overview of your work at DaVita?
1: So DaVita, I joined as the facility administrator for their inpatient clinic in Los Carros, California. When I came on board, that was, that clinic was literally at the rock bottom in the region. It was known as region four uh, of all the clinics we had, six inpatient clinics and three home modality clinics of all the nine clinics, the Los Caros clinic was literally at the rock bottom with all matrix. But we had a very good team there. Again, a similar situation like I just explained with IVX Health, not having a leader to lead the team. I can say I literally did nothing. I mean, I did not do anything to change the clinic or turn the clinic around, it was my team. I was blessed to be able to work with the team that I worked with there and just having the leader you know, who they knew they could trust or who they knew was looking out for them. But just knowing that there was someone looking at the matrix, um, that team literally turned things around. And within months, we were the leaders in the region month after month after month consistently for over a year. Um, Maybe we lost the first position by a few points here and there every now and then, but we literally stayed at the number one or the number two position for over a year and a half. The funny thing there was, I had a team of non Indians. I was the, no, there was just one other Indian than me on the team, but that team loved Indian food. So the deal was every month, there's something called DQI, the Vida Quality Index, and that's where the ranking would be. So every month, the Los Carlos team had the highest DQI in the region, your boss cooks for you. So I would literally cook a full blown Indian meal for the team. And they just loved it. So that was like our special thing. Every month when we stand first in the region, boss cooks for you. Um, But it was a really nice experience. And then when I moved on to IVX Health, some of my teammates followed me to IVX from the Vida. And I never approached anyone, even though I was building my own team at IVX Health. My team in the Vida was a team I had built, you know, so I was not going to take people from there because me leaving was a blow hard enough on them. You know, I did not want to make that team any more unstable. But a couple of months after I left, uh, some of my nurses contacted me asking if they could use me as a reference on a new job application. I was like, absolutely not. If you leave there, you come to me. So that's when some of my nurses who left the Vida did follow me to IBX Health and when I moved to California in 2016, like I said, there was something going, something's going on in my personal life, and I had to move due to personal re- uh, reasons, and it just felt like coming home. That team welcomed me with open arms. I really am grateful for some of the people I got to work with over there, and I'm blessed that some of those people are still working with me at IVX Health.
0: Yeah, for sure. I definitely see the value in that because it's super key and essential essential to um, cultivate humility and be open to try new things at the same time as like building connections with others. For those, see, are, you know,
1: be it a Fortune five hundred company like Davita and a startup like IVX Health or the home health agencies. that I started back in Houston. The key to running any business or a unit within a business is having a strong core team of employees who are happy and look forward to coming to work every day. If you have a strong core team, they run the business for you. They run the place for you. And then if you have a core team that is not engaged, not involved, not happy, they run the place to the ground for you. So having a strong team is, I I strongly believe that people are the biggest investment a company can make in their business.
0: For sure. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, Speaking of your work at Davida, for those of our listeners who are not quite familiar with dialysis or healthcare management, can you please explain that?
1: So Davida is, do you want me to talk more about the dialysis aspect, what the dialysis um, means and what it does? Yeah, sure. Dialysis is for patients with end-stage renal disease where the kidneys fail and the kidney is not able to purify the blood for the patient anymore. I'm I'm explaining this in non-medical layman terms. So it's literally having a machine outside your body do the work that your kidney would do. Uh, The huge difference, the big difference there is in inpatient dialysis clinics, a patient comes to the clinic three to four times a week and gets dialysis over a period of three to four hours the day they're there. So now you're making a machine do in three to four hours, three, four times a week, what your kidneys would do for you 24 cross seven. And so it is a little harsh on the body. When a patient crashes onto dialysis, when they first start hemodialysis, it is a little rough because they're really tired. the quality of life is not there. It's not easy. And it does, yeah, I would always tell all my new patients that I assure you this will get better. So slowly as the body adapts, it does get a little better. But having said that, it is still a lot because the patients literally leave their home in the morning, drive an hour or so, or even if it's not that long of a drive, getting to the clinic, parking, starting the dialysis. Once the dialysis ends, then leaving, going home, it literally consumes the entire day. And so that's what their life revolves around, the dialysis that they get three, four times a week. And that is why I say, you know, I really believe not every patient is a good candidate for the home modality where they can get the dialysis at home, but there are two forms of dialysis that can be done at home. One is PD, which is peritoneal dialysis. And then there is a home hemodialysis. Um, Again, They both require some equipment. They both require some storage within the house, especially in the part of the country where we are, where people don't have these big homes with huge garages where you can store stuff. It is really a lot more challenging than it would be in a place where people have room to store stuff. Like in San Jose, if it's a small apartment where it's a family of four or five sharing the apartment with no attached garage, they don't have room to store the stuff they need to store in order to be able to do home dialysis safely in a clean, sterilized environment. So it's it's a little difficult, but if anyone who qualifies for home dialysis and can do it, even the clinical outcomes are a lot better in the home modalities. Um I I don't know if there's any other questions you have specifically about dialysis that you want me to talk about.
0: No, no, that was perfect. This was actually like greatly beneficial because I know like some of our listeners who might want to Pursue a career in either healthcare management or administration. So that was really helpful. Um, speaking about your more current role, can you please explain your work at IBX Health and what are the company's operations?
1: Sure. So IBX Health is an outpatient infusion clinic. We provide infusion medication to patients with chronic conditions like multiple sclerosis, osteoporosis, chronic asthma. So The various forms medications can be delivered to a patient. We can take some pills orally. So that's oral medication. Sometimes you need to inject the medication, let's say insulin for diabetes, that can be injected into the body. And then similarly, there's another form of medication, which is IV infusions where the medication is infused into the patient's blood through an IV line. So, we do a lot of injections also for patients with asthma, especially and rheumatoid arthritis, also. And then there are some medications that cannot be injected and so have to be given through an IV. And that's what IVX Health does. Despite being in healthcare, as long as I've been in healthcare, I'd not heard of infusions. So, I was a little skeptical when the company first approached me. But the more I've learned about the business, the more it just does not make sense to me. Why was this not being done sooner? So historically, traditionally, people needing infusions had to go to a hospital setting to get their infusion. Especially currently, right now, with the whole COVID situation, an outpatient clinic like ours, is this a win-win-win situation for everybody, even before COVID actually. So when the same treatment is provided in a hospital setting, it costs a lot more to do the same treatment. There are some costs associated with being in a hospital setting. That same treatment, when provided in an outpatient setting like ours, literally costs in, on in a lot of occasions less than half of what it would cost to, to do it in the same, to do the same thing in a hospital. To give you an example, a patient once showed me their, it's called an EOB. Uh, So it's something that they get from their insurance that tells them the breakdown of the costs. There is this medication called Rituxan that patients get for multiple sclerosis. The same treatment provided in a hospital setting, it is a medication that needs to be provided over two doses, 15 days apart. And then the patient does not need anything for six months. And then in six months, they again come for the two doses, 15 days apart. So the patient received six months ago, they received the two doses in a hospital setting, actually at Stanford. And the bill submitted to the patient's insurance was around $250,000 for those two treatments. The same treatments provided in a outpatient setting like ours, the bill submitted to the insurance was close to 60000 dollars or $60,000. So in this particular case, the difference was literally four to five times what it costs to do the same treatment in a hospital setting. This brings me back to the thing that we were talking about, cost of healthcare in the United States. If something like this can be done at such a lower cost, why is the focus not on providing this, especially to patients who are stable enough to do it in a non-hospital setting? Insurance companies pay a lot less to get it done. If the patient has an 80-20 plan or a 90-10 plan where the patient is responsible for 20% Uh, until they meet the deductible or is responsible for 10% of the cost until they meet the deductible before the insurance covers it at 100%, it costs the patients a lot less to do it in an outpatient setting. In a hospital setting, patients get their infusions in a big room with multiple chairs. So they're literally sharing the room with multiple patients. If a nurse is standing asking questions, there's not much privacy. The other person can most probably hear everything that's going on. Versus when the same patient comes to one of our clinics, they get their own suite, they're in a room by themselves, they have flat screen TV, they have Netflix, Wi-Fi cable. It's more like getting that same treatment in the living room of your house. And the cost is a lot less. So the more uh, you know, I learned about the business, whoever came up with this idea was a genius who knew that there will be a need for this sometime in the future. And sure enough, a lot of insurance agencies, especially here in California, are now dictating something called a site of care change, where they're mandating that the site of care, in other words, the place where the patient gets this treatment, is not going to be a hospital setting. And so a lot of patients are now being forced our way by their insurance companies, you know, UCSF, so the Sanfords of the world, they have their own infusion branch, infusion department. They have infusion clinics inside these hospitals. So it was a business, it is still a business that they will want to keep in-house. But a lot of insurance companies are now mandating that if the patient needs certain infusions, it will be provided outside the hospital. And so the change is happening. It's... It's really interesting. It's a really nice place to be where we are from a business point of view, from a company's point of view. And for me personally, it is really fulfilling to see what it does to a patient. So a patient who's received infusions in a hospital setting for eight or 10 years, when they come to us, you have to see you know, the expression on their face or you have to be there to understand what I'm saying they just overwhelmed. They're like, oh my God, if this was an option, why was this never told to us before? So it's again, a really nice place to be both from a business point of view, uh, growing a team ground up. Like I said, when I came on board, there was no ROD, Regional Operations Director for a couple of years. I literally had to build my team from scratch. I don't have any nurse who's been with the company longer than I have. I literally had to start with every single nurse that I have right now on my team, uh, with someone I have hired. So it was again, that same feeling of building a team ground up. And along with this rapid growth, where we've literally grown 400% in the next in the last year and a half. But at the same time, doing something really meaningful where we touch patients' lives on a daily basis. It's,
0: um, super meaningful and it's interesting to see how um, some hospitals are like bringing that hospital kind of setting to patients' homes at times in need. And I think uh, with the work you do and everything is truly amazing. Um, that actually leads me to one of my last questions on like, how is your work at IVX crucial to the healthcare industry? And how has that changed in regards to the coronavirus pandemic?
1: So this brings me back to something that I said uh, initially about my very first, uh, about the very first paper that I wrote for my MBA, the cost of healthcare in the U.S. compared to any other country. And I think what IBS does is really what we sh- should be focusing on, where treatments that can be provided at a much lower cost in a different kind of setting should be provided in that different kind of setting, be it being able to see a patient safely at home, being able to see a patient safely in an outpatient setting like IVX Health, things that can help us bring down the cost of healthcare, because if there's one thing that can single-handedly bring our economy down, over and over again, we've seen in the last few years, it's going to be the cost of healthcare. So being able to bring that cost down is something that we should really be focusing on. And IVX does play a big role with patients in this category where infusions can be provided in our patient setting. Not just the cost, but in the current pandemic situation, most of the patients that we see are on some kind of immunosuppressant medications, So their immune systems are really compromised. If they are sitting in a room where there is someone coughing or coming down with something, the chances of them getting that virus from the other patient is a lot higher than maybe someone like you and me with a normal immune system. And so for people like them, walking into a hospital is like walking into a lion's den every day. And when they can get that same treatment in an outpatient setting like ours where we do have a lobby, but it is really small because we don't, if I ever have two patients waiting in the lobby, we have a problem. We work for appointments, patients come in, we check them in, schedule their next appointment, bring them to their room. After that, they are the only person in the room other than the nurse who comes in to take care of them. So especially in this current COVID situation, a lot of patients are really grateful that they don't have to go into a hospital setting and you know can be in a place like this where there are not many common surfaces where you know, the threat of contamination is high.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree that um, bringing health equity to everyone across the world is extremely essential during these times of the pandemic. Um, and before we wrap up the episode, what, what is your advice for young women who are interested in pursuing a career in either healthcare operations or management?
1: Okay, that's a good question. Again, something really close to my heart. When I was in home health and you know, I had friends who'd seen me start two companies ground up, uh, would try to ask me because even within home health, there are different types of home health licenses. Skilled nursing, then there is non-skilled care. There is there are companies that do just physical therapy, and this is what I would tell them. If you're trying to look for a way to make money, there are many other businesses out there that you know you can achieve that goal with. If you want to go into something like healthcare, home health, or any of the roles that I've been in, you better strongly believe in it and you better care for these patients that you are responsible of taking care of yes there will always be a lots of ups and downs like any other business but that one thank you note from a patient's family member thanking you for taking care of their loved one at a time when they needed it most in their life that one thank you note from a patient uh, makes it all worth it so again you know if you are just looking for another way stay busy or make money there are many other businesses out there but if you really enjoy helping people if you really enjoy uh, you know if you're really looking to do something very meaningful absolutely healthcare is where you want to be I always say this like sometimes in interviews people ask I remember in my last interview when joining IVX health my boss at that time had asked me why should we look at you versus another candidate And the response is, it comes really easily to me. It's like, I don't lead from my head, I lead from my heart. And I think in healthcare that is something that is required, yes. um, You have to make a lot of business decisions. And so yes, you, you do have to use your head a lot, but if your heart is happy, if you are doing it for the right reasons, I can say this, that there is nothing more meaningful than being in a strong leadership role in the healthcare industry it has been hands down the most meaningful experience of my life. And I really don't see myself doing anything else other than being in healthcare.
0: Thank you. This is super meaningful and such great inspirational advice. Um, I think that wraps up our episode. Thank you so much, Miss Sonal for joining me today and for sharing your incredible work in the healthcare industry.
1: Thank you for having me, Ankita. It was a real nice experience, you know, just reliving all the happy moments of my career with many ups and downs. So thank you for having me.
0: Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you all so much for tuning in and make sure to hit the subscribe button. I'll be back soon with another interesting interview. Stay safe and healthy.